Welcome to My Journey, the podcast for individuals who are seeking to write their own stories while creating a more healthy life along the way. My name is Brian Pickowitz. This is My Journey, and now it's time to start yours. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to My Journey. I am your host, Brian Pickowitz, and I want to welcome you all to episode number 23 of our podcast. So in today's episode, I'm really excited, and I want to invite you to take a massive leap with the author, speaker, and transformation coach, Tommy Baker. Now, Tommy is someone who I was networked with through my business mentor and one of the recent podcast guests, Preston Pugmire. And Tommy is someone who has a tremendous light for inspiring people who are looking for the opportunities and the abilities, but also the tangible strategies to maximize their potential, tap into their greatness, develop an entrepreneurial mindset and create lasting transformation in their personal being and their life. And so this podcast, I was really excited about, and this is selfishly, I was excited about this, but it also was something that I felt like I was almost kind of looking at myself in a way because Tommy started off as a fitness coach and was really passionate about physical transformation. And for me, I still am really passionate about helping people create lasting change in their health and fitness. And I, I always think that'll be my bedrock because of how much that has played a role in watching how the side effects of not taking your health and fitness seriously can play in your life. But at the same time, it was really exciting to see how he transformed his personal growth from being a successful entrepreneur in the fitness space to now being someone who has one of the top one of the top transformational podcasts with the Resist Average Academy. And so Tommy is an author. He's wrote three amazing books. And right now, his most recent book, The Leap of Your Life, How to Redefine Risk, Quit Waiting for Someday, and Live Boldly is officially out. And you can pick it up at theleapofyourlife.com or you can find it on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble. But if you're someone who's looking for a transformation at a deeper level, if you're looking to really break through any of the negative habits, and I know that one of the things that Tommy focuses on is entrepreneurship, focusing on helping people grow their business. But in many ways, if you listen to this podcast, I know that the focus is on health and fitness. And a lot of times we treat our bodies the same way we do our business. And one of the characteristics I talk about here is I have a client who is a really successful CEO and she's built a really great company for herself. And she's worked at that company for the last 16 years and right now she's in this position where she's struggling to put herself first in her life and in her journey to health and better fitness. And I was talking to her and you'll hear our discussion on this in the podcast, but I was talking to her recently about her success in the business. And I said, so right now you've done this for how many years? She said, okay, I've done this for 16. I said, okay, well, so w- would you say that you make more money now than you did back then? She's like, yeah, you know, we have this many employees. We've hit these milestones, X, Y, Z. I was like, all right, awesome. So does making more money make you happier? And she said, no, I've never been that obsessed with the money. It's always been about the process. It's always been about the leadership and creating this amazing company where we can support people and build something better. And I was like, I love that. So what would happen if you treated your body the same way? Because right now you're obsessed with the numbers. You're obsessed with how how many pounds you've lost or the inches around your waist. And you're so obsessed with how far you have to go that it's stopping you from taking action and being obsessed with the process. But if you get obsessed with the process... If you get obsessed with those things, then you'll lose all the weight. That was a huge breakthrough for her. And so that's why I think that even though this is an entrepreneurial conversation between Tommy and I, he does a really great job of also tying it in because this is the same thing. It's just a different topic. It's a different audience in a way. And obviously I bring it back to the fitness and health aspects of things. But I just think that there's so many times where we look at our bodies as if it's completely impractical to want to change it it's completely impractical to think we can change and that's simply not the case and so you can find tommy at at the resist average academy.com and you can also find him on instagram at tommy underscore resist average and so thank you all so much for tuning in i hope you love this podcast if you do shout us out leave us a review on itunes i'd love to hear how this podcast is helping you shape your lifestyle and create lasting change in your body and fitness but also, I would love to see you join me on my 
free mini-series, Proclaim Your Lifestyle, where we focus on how to build sustainable habits and break through the internal blocks that are stopping you from creating lasting change in your fitness and health goals. And so we've been having a tremendous amount of engagement in the Facebook community. It's been rad. I've been having uh, a lot of fun, and it's really great seeing people who don't know each other supporting each other in such a great way. I was talking to Lindsay today about what my intentions were. And I actually, I shot a Facebook or I shot an Instagram live or Instagram TV video about this. And for some reason, the, the video just cut out at seven minutes and it was really irritating. Like you guys ever have something that's going really well and you're in that zone? It could be anything. Maybe you're not shooting Facebook or Instagram videos, but you're in that zone. You know, you're doing a good job. It's just flowing. You're having a great conversation. And then all of a sudden it falls apart. Oh. That's the worst. It's like watching an excellent movie and all of a sudden the screen cuts or something like that. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. And so I was in the process of talking about asking myself the simple question of, of what do I want? And the answer was I want to inspire people to bring their light to the surface so they can embolden those around them. Because right now I think of it as we all encompass a small space. Like you have this sphere of influence. You have your kids, you have your husband, your wife, you know, you have your bosses, you have all these people who you're networked with. And a lot of us stay the same. So there's this neutral energy that we put off. We're not necessarily going backwards, but we're not necessarily progressing. And that keeps everyone else around us the same. And then what happens is there's usually that one person who steps out and starts to create something different for themselves. And that has a ripple effect because they impact someone else positively and that person impacts someone positively. And so it's almost like if you can see, like, imagine having a sphere of energy around you. I know that we're going down the hippie hole. Give me a second here. Trust me, I'm not diving too far down it. But I think when you get in shape and you start to love your body and you have these healthy habits, you expand that circle you expand your reach you expand those that you can talk to you expand those who you can help and that is such a powerful thing and so i am so focused on helping people create lasting change with their body and their health because i want people to realize and know that it's okay to believe in something better for themselves and for those around them there's so much nihilism there's so many people who are living toxic and negative lives and they don't have to. And so if I can do one thing with my time here and help those people and be a light for those people, then that's what I'm going to lean into. And so that's what I'm really excited about this Proclaim Your Lifestyle series. So sign up in the email. You can click the little link here in the podcast notes and sign up or you can shoot me a message on my Instagram. The link is in my bio on my Instagram. Check it out on that and I would love to support you. I would love to have you in this free community and I would just love to be able to jam with you a little bit. You know, it's all about creating change. It's all about building something better out of each other. And so thank you so much. Like I said, if you love this podcast, please leave us a review. I am in the process of really making a massive push. I hope you guys love the new structure that we had last week with the three mini series. I think that that's, that's the route that we want to go. We want to be able to really dive into these topics and, and go into a position where you guys can, you know, listen to them on the car ride. It's like 20 minutes and then have another episode on the back end and just have a full series throughout your week. So you can have something positive, but you can also have something that impacts your days. And that's what I really want this podcast to be about. And so thank you all so much. And without further ado, here's Tommy Baker. Tommy Baker, welcome to the podcast. Brian, thank you so much for having me. And I uh, love what you're doing and the value you're spreading with the world. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And I really love, after diving into so much of your content, I love the, first off, the consistency and the good that you're spreading, but also the tactical parts that people can apply because it's easy to talk about personal growth and development, but it's another thing to give someone a tactical piece. So I really love just the way you approach this all. I wanted to start though, because you have your new book coming out, Leap of Your Life. And one of the things you really dove into in the beginning is finding your edge and leaning into it and leaning onto it. So first, what is the edge for those of you who are listening who don't know? And how come so many of us neglect its presence on our journey? 
Absolutely. So for me, the way that I define the edge, uh, and it, it really, it's different for everybody, but some of the ingredients are similar. So the edge is those moments in our lives when we have a moment of clarity that something needs to change. There has to be a transition. Uh, we're on a path that's not ours. Um, and sometimes these are micro and sometimes these are like life messages that are really loud and anywhere in between. Now the edge early on is it's a little uncomfortable because we have this insight that we're not on the right path that something needs to change. You know, there's discomfort in there. And so when I say leaning into the edge, it's like, okay, let's allow ourselves to go deeper into that because the deeper we go, the more that we get exposed to a gift, um, like a really powerful source of clarity on the other side. Now, what's the alternative? We can shut those, we can shut the edge down. We can run away from the edge. We can distract, we can numb it out. And then we miss our gift. And so that's what leaning into the edge of our discomfort, something not working, or even an insight. It could be a positive insight of something that we have to do. That's what it's about. Mm, I love that. And as I was reading, one of the things that really struck me is that you find yourself on your own edge. So what was that experience like? And what was it like as you were sitting in the bar on December 31st, you know, in 2014, what was that moment like? Love it. You're probably one of the few people who's actually read that section. So I love it, man. Um, that was, that was one of those moments of inflection. I believe in life, we have these moments where it's like, there's train tracks that we can go on and they all lead to vastly different places. And that was one of them. And so I'm in this, um, um, it's new year's New York city. I mean, the place is just buzzing with intensity and energy, but I'm, I'm not there. I'm, I'm physically there, but I'm mentally not there. And so, um, I get up and I excuse myself and I needed space but I needed space in the moment, but I needed space in my life. And I just start walking aimlessly and I get to a place where it's like a football field and like a park, just an open uh, field in New York city, which is kind of hard to find. And I just had one of those moments where I had to get honest with myself and it was a very emotional moment. And I realized, you know, I'm headed down a path that's not for me. I'm actually living in a place that's not for me. Um, and if I keep this going, I'm going to wake up with a lot of regret. And then that night I made a commitment. I made a vision. I pulled out my iPhone, clicked the red record button, left myself a voice note of all of these changes and transformations that I was going to make, uh, leaving my environment, launching a new business, um, getting rid of my current business, which was difficult because I had a signed a lease, a four, five year lease, and I had 12 employees. I had no blueprint, no know-how no seven step plan, no guarantee, but I had belief. And, and that night was one, that was a night that I stepped into my edge and I never looked back. It's amazing. So it's so cool to hear that on the other end, because when I first started my journey into starting my first business, I had a very similar instance. I was starting a fitness company, coaching people and training people when I was in college. I did my first modeling shoot and I felt so confident. I went down to Boston with some friends and I just remember walking away from a bar. Like, I was like, yeah, this doesn't align for me. I'm not excited about this. And just kind of walking through the city of Boston and just being like, whatever's going to come, I really, and it was a moment of hope because it was just this massive shift that I could feel. But I remember telling myself, looking at the buildings, whatever's next, I hope that it's better than it is here. And I'm just so excited for it and so grateful for it. And that was around the same time, which is just the cool parts of the universe <laughs> that connect people who are in a, a different space. One thought I had though is what was the next step? Because it's like, you have this clarity, you have this vision, you see it all, but there's also this wall of obstacles. So yeah. what was the first couple of decisions that you made to really push yourself over that wall? Absolutely. And so I always say we're not lacking clarity, we're not lacking breakthrough, but what happens next will determine everything. For me, there are countless obstacles. And for anybody out there, there's gonna be obstacles, um, including just the unknown. When you make a declaration, but you have no idea how you're gonna make it happen, I mean, that's debilitating. I mean, most dreams die, most visions die, most breakthroughs die in the how, trying to figure out the how. Because we have clarity and in the moment, so for anybody listening, like think back to one of these moments of your life, and maybe you had one recently where you had that clarity. In that specific moment, you have 100% certainty. When I left myself the voice note, I had certainty. When you were walking down the streets of Boston, you had certainty. 
but what happens next is that we very quickly shift to logic and rational mode. Our heads start to take over. So the clarity usually comes from a place in our heart. The head starts to take over and say, well, and for, in my case, for example, I was like, well, you have 12 employees. You just signed a five-year lease. Um, the total amount of the lease is nearly half a million dollars. That's like not something you can just say you're going to walk away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, everybody I had known was over there. My family was there. Uh, I wanted to go somewhere I didn't know anybody. So I, you just stack the reasons why not to do it. Um, so it's crucial to do the first step. I call this the 24 hour principle. Whenever you get clarity, we must take some type of action in 24 hours or else it's just going to fade into the ether. 70,000 mm-hmm. thoughts a day, stress and overwhelm. So I'll tell you what my step was. It was the simplest thing ever. I left the voice note and I said, okay, it's like midnight on new year's Eve. I can't really do much in terms of bringing this vision to life, but I can do one thing. I had a vision for the environment that I was going, which actually here in Arizona, uh, to the desert, a place that really inspires me from a spiritual, mental, emotional component. And so the one thing I did, and it sounds so simple, and that's the whole point is I changed the the screen on my phone on that new year's Mm. to a Arizona sunset. And so the next day when I woke up and I was in a different emotional state, guess what the first thing I saw and what I saw the 50 other times that I picked up the phone, I saw the sunset that became the anchor to the clarity. So for Mm. somebody listening, when you get the clarity, find a way to remind yourself and make it real. And that was the simplest possible step. And sometimes those are the most important. Yeah, that's powerful. I've done that with music. So I grew up in New Hampshire. And now I live in Los Angeles, California. And I took a trip to Los Angeles and was like, how can I remember this? And I did that with some songs. So it's the same thing of just reconnecting those moments. I love that. That, that is, but the idea of this phone is, is so much more tactical because it's right there in your face. So I yes. think that that's so powerful. I didn't, I didn't want to lose the reminder because I had had moments of clarity in the past where I did let it fade. I did let it go. And to me, I call these just windows of opportunity that we have in life. And not that there's not going to be other windows, but if we step into a window, like I said, with the train tracks, that can lead to a completely different life that we can't imagine. And so I always tell people, you know, don't miss your window, honor the clarity and breakthroughs you have because you're having them for a reason. If, and this is going to jump around a little bit, but as a coach and as a mentor and as someone who leads people to excelling in life, when you have someone who's in that, those moments, so you have a client, you have someone who's having this breakthrough, what are some of the tactical things that they can do to take that next step? So they have the phone, that's obviously clear, but what are some things that people can do to shift into a position of action when they have that clarity? Absolutely. So uh, it, it starts with, with obviously finding a way to capture the declaration. So whatever that looks like. So for me, it was the phone because it was just what I had at the time. But that may be, you know, you have a moment of, of uh, breakthrough, like go write it down, go get a journal, go declare it to someone like you have to, we have to, decla- we have to get it out. Right. Otherwise, again, it's going to get lost. So it starts with declaration to the 24 hour principle, doing something to move forward on it. And really from there, it's like, and this is the same thing for goal setting and visions. It's like, okay, every single day, what is one thing that you can do that's just going to move you one step forward? And I think too often, I know in my space, you know, we focus on these grand visions and these dreams and these goals and these aspirations, and we only focus on the outcome. Right. And when we focus only on the outcome, the gap between where I am and where I want to go seems monumental. If I looked at the example that we're talking about here in my life, like the amount of steps and how far I was from making it real was overwhelming. And again, that overwhelm leads to a lot of pressure that turns into paralysis analysis, procrastination, and then time will pass. And what started as something really inspiring ends up being lost in the ether. So it's as simple as taking one step every single day, trusting, you know, placing your self-esteem around that and also trusting that there's a beautiful moment of, you know, incremental growth. And if you do it long enough, there's a moment of exponential growth where you'll get that phone call that you didn't expect. That person will show up that's going to get you there faster. Uh, Some opportunity is going to come to you if you stay consistent long enough, that's going to take, it's going to supercharge you as you get there. But I think it's important not to focus only on the outcome, but instead bring it down right here. 
bring it down to like today. Okay. What is yeah. one thing I can do today? And it's not the sexiest thing. Cause we all want these, these big goals to happen today, but that's actually how we make it happen. Yeah. It's interesting. So in the space that I'm in as a fitness coach, I focus mostly on the mindset that gets you there. Yes. And I was having a call with one of my clients who's a powerful CEO. And I was like, when you were making more money now, so you're making more money in your company now, do you like your job more because you're making more money? And she's like, no, it's never been about the money. And I was like, what would happen if you treated your body the same way? And it's that same thing. It's like the obstacle isn't thinking of how much weight you have to lose or, you know, that tangible aspect. It's really yes. pulling it down to the process. And I think that we lose that, whether it's entrepreneurship or fitness or any of the things that really require us to shift our intention. A hundred percent. And and the thing is, we're going to spend 90% of our time and energy in the process, in the pursuit, in the peaks and the valleys of that process. And so if we're going to spend that much time and energy on that, yeah, the mountaintop is awesome. Yeah. Achieving the goal is awesome. All of that is fantastic. But really, when we look back at our achievements, see, there's the achievement and there's a fulfillment side. When we look back at our achievements, we don't like the, those moments that we achieve are very fleeting. And also what we're going to look back on is the in-between, like all of the steps that got us there the moments where we had to exercise faith and trust and resilience and we had micro breakthroughs, but then we had a little bit of a letdown and then we had to overcome that. And then because that's where we wrestle with ourselves, wrestle with our emotional edges. And that's when we like get to know ourselves on a deeper level. And that's exactly where fulfillment comes from. One of the things that I was wondering, so looking at your content, I, I dove into a great deal of it. I was in like 2017. <laughs> Just That's like, awesome, man. Love, love the prep. And the thing that I, I admire the most is you've made so many clear shifts in your own life, in your own journey. So, and I respect it a lot because I, I can resonate a lot with starting as a fitness coach and, and branching into really understanding the, the way to get someone to transform is by loving themselves yeah. and developing self-worth. But you have created this movement and this audience around something that's so much deeper and so much bigger. And the question that I had is, what were some of the biggest leaps that you had to take in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, the first one was just, you know, putting my dreams on the line, working for corporate America and saying, you know what, my, my true passion, my true purpose, my passion at that time was physical transformation. So just, that was a massive leap. Then five years down the line, you know, I built these two facilities working with hundreds of clients, the markers of what would be a successful young entrepreneur. But what I realized was, you know, much like you just said, like the things that were really lighting me up was not the physical. It was, okay, why, why, why did this person achieve this physical transformation? And why did this person who's very similar in age and demographics and background and skills, why are they in the same place? Mm. And obviously all that comes from right here, right? So that, that was a, a moment where I had to take another leap and get honest with myself that, you know, um, I didn't just want to stay in the surface area because I wanted to go so much deeper and you can be deep in physicality, but I, I wanted to go like, like vertical. And that's when I, I made another transition. So leaps include, you know, launching businesses, pivoting from businesses, uh, leaving, leaving, moving to a place where I knew nobody. Um, another leap was, uh, meeting my fiance on a, on a random day on a random street. I had 15, mm. seconds, 15 seconds or so to do it, make it happen. And I took a leap and made that happen. Um, and all of these things. And the reason why I'm now, um, step, I step into the edge of those leaps is because for so many years I watched life pass me by. Mm. I watched opportunities pass me by and, uh, I felt a lot of regret for missing those moments. And so in the book and, and what I do, I teach people to use, you know, regret can be very hopeful. If, if we use it as leverage to make new decisions in the future. And so that's exactly what happened to me because so many opportunities had slid by 
and I had taken so long. I had waited, you know, an extra year to start my fitness business and stay mm. you know, a year of my time and bandwidth and energy for a corporation that I had zero interest, interest in. And that's my fault, but a whole year, right? And so we can use our past as leverage to make new decisions in the future. And so, so those are some of the leaps that I've taken. Um, and they all feel the same. It always feels mm. the same. It doesn't matter how big it is or how small. It's like that, that moment when you're about to do it and you, you feel, you know, courage to me is being drenched in fear and being mm. and taking the next step anyway. When someone's in that position, because it's almost like a wall of resistance, right? Like yes. there's, a, there's a massive wall of resistance. A good example of that, like I could tie into is every morning I train at Gold's Gym and I see Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I wanted to, I've introduced myself to him and talked to him before, but I always wanted to say something to him again, just as like a habit of like, why not? That's going to build me up and I'll be sure through that. There's always this wall of resistance and pushing through that is obviously its own comfort zone, right? Yeah. So now that's obviously my example, but when people hit those moments where they're like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if it's the right thing. Do you have a strategy that aligns with what moments are worth facing resistance? Or do you think that like whenever that moment comes up, we should always lean on curiosity and go forward? Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and that's, that's that razor's edge, right? That's that razor's edge where it's, it's, it's a little bit messy. And so in your example, you had like the insight, the clarity, like go, right? Go, go speak to him, right? And just like I said earlier, then the doubt started to creep in. Doubt, fear, resistance, uh, uncertainty, all of that stuff. And so for me, it's a simple reframe. It's mm. look at the doubt, look at the fear, look at all of that stuff. Not as the reason to hold back. Look at it as the reason to move forward. I actually say all of those are prerequisites. You know, my clients mm -hmm. will call me sometimes or message me on our platform and they'll say, Tommy, I'm experiencing, I got knots in my stomach. I'm experienced. I'm nauseous. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm questioning my path. I just put myself out there and I'll come back and I'll say, great. So what? Like, this is, this is what you signed up for. You're, you're pushing the limits of your comfort zone. When we push the limits mm -hmm. of our comfort zone, we're going to be, we're going to have that resistance, you know? And so, uh, reframe it because what are we conditioned to the moment that we feel that no no way i can't do that it's not the right time it's not the right moment he's going to be busy what are people going to think all of the stuff that comes in our minds and it yeah. can suck and so i always remind people there's no loss in going for it regardless of the outcome you actually the outcome loses its power over you because at the end of the day we want to be able to trust ourselves we want to mm. be able to know that we have the courage which we all have but the question is are you willing to sit in that really, you know, in, in that, what I call that dance of discomfort where it's like, you know what to do, but there's also resistance. And can you keep taking the next step anyway? I love that. I love that. And it is, it's, it's, it's not even about the outcome. It's about having the power over yourself. I think exactly. What, what I was wondering too, is getting this, this clarity on facing resistance, getting this clarity on those moments where you're supposed to be pushed beyond it and where you benefit from it. Beyond fear, what are some of the other reasons why we rationalize that to ourselves? And how do we break those pieces? Because we've all been in those situations where like, I, I should take action. I know it's the right thing, but there's this underlying voice of inadequacy or self-worth. So how do we flip the self-worth principle to work in our favor? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's always going to be a mix. It's like, it's, it's fear, it's uh, self-worth, it's, it's, you know, what, what do we deserve? How much threshold, how much like, you know, I, I call this like the threshold of our capacity of what we allow ourselves to experience. And this happens mentally, emotionally, lifestyle-wise, financially, right? And so just like you said, it always does come back to self-worth, right? If I don't feel worthy of a fit athletic body, then of course, it's like none of, no program, including yours or anybody else's is going to work long-term because I'm going to go and I'm going to get uncomfortable in that edge. The moment that I start to see myself leave the comfort of the, my threshold of capacity for what I feel like I can, I can do physically, 
right? I like to think of it like a, like a circle, all of these capacity thresholds. So people understand what I'm saying like this. There's a circle. And so let's just say physically I'm in the circle. Then I start working with you and I start going to like to the outer limits of that circle. That's when it gets really difficult. But then on the other side of that is a breakthrough. And so the question is, will I persist through that breakthrough or will I stay right here? And, and that's everything. And that goes for financial threshold. You know, the difference between someone that makes 50,000 and 10 million is their capacity, right? Mm-hmm. What they believe they're worthy of. And obviously there's a whole set of beliefs and principles around money and finances and prosperity, but ultimately it's a matter of capacity. And so it's, you know, success to me, success, achievement, and fulfillment are an inner game that's manifested externally. And so when we can deal with these things, just like you said, which are not the easiest to deal with, like our self-worth is coming from years of conditioning, right? Um, Usually when we were children, but if we can deal with those and we can feel actually worthy and we can feel deserving, then when we brush up against our edges, we keep going. You know, I call this the myth of value. So specifically in entrepreneurship, they say, hey, if you just give so much value, uh, then you're going to be compensated and you're going to be in a, an amazing spot. And it's not true because you can give all the value in the world, but if you're not receiving and receiving comes from a place of self, of deep self-worth, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not just talking receiving money. I'm talking receiving a compliment, receiving love, receiving anything, right? I mean, how often does somebody give us a compliment and we just defer or we say, oh, it's not you know, it wasn't that good or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's all about receiving that value. So I know I rented on a little bit of a rant there, but hopefully that answers your question. Please do. I'm all about it. Those are where the real answers come from. You know, I'm all about it. Yep. So one thing I wanted to bounce back to is you're going through this personal journey. Obviously there's so many metamorphous moments that really have shaped you but when did you develop this passion for helping people reach the next level so what was it that really were there any moments that stand out were there any specific breakthroughs you had with a client or was there just something inside you that was just really craving more out of life in that area because most people you you can't be a great coach without a serious amount of empathy But a lot of people try to get in coaching and it's just not a good fit. So for you to build your career off of this, obviously there's a connection, but what was that first connection or from some of those first moments that really steered you down the path of this? Yeah, for me, it really started uh, luckily, or I feel blessed at at a really young age to, you know, to answer the questions that we all have. And we all have these questions and it's just a matter, do we have the courage to answer them? And some people, start that journey at 15 and some started at 50 and anywhere in between. Um, and the questions were simple. Who am I? Why am I here? And that led me down a massive rabbit hole of self-discovery. Um, I spent 10 years basically traveling the country to learn from the best, the best physical minds, the best mental minds, the best spiritual minds, the best business minds. Um, and through that process, I started to notice as time went on, I started to notice a lot more similarities than differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and this happens when you, when you study a lot of the greats, a lot of the great wisdom out there, a lot of great mentors, a lot of great things. And it all started with self-preservation first, right? Um, you start to identify some patterns and some, what I call universal truths that transcend the space. So you learn something in the physical space and then it's the same thing that you just read in a book about business. And then it's the same thing that somebody said on some spiritual thing. And it all kind of starts to connect the dots there. And so for me, it was this unquenchable thirst to answer those two questions. Right. And then once I started my personal transformation, um, my, it became my ethical responsibility to help others do the same. And for me, much like you, it started in physicality. And obviously when you're training someone physically, you know, I always say all transformation is emotional. So if you're looking to lose 20 pounds or making 50,000 more dollars this year or meet your soulmate, all change requires uh, dealing with our emotions. And so, you know, much like you, when I uh, was running my, my gyms, you know, obviously the physical was, was part of it. That was probably like 20% of it. And 80% was 
you know, managing the emotions of change, uh, overcoming resistance, dealing with worthiness, um, uh, staying consistent long-term, all of that stuff. And so, you know, for me, it's been, it's been pushing those edges. And as a coach, you know, I, yeah, empathy is massive, you know, empathy is everything uh, leading by example. You know, I do this experience where clients will fly out here to Arizona. We do this experience on a mountaintop to get them clear on their purpose and, and why really why they're here on a deep, 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 deep level. And during that experience, I lead from the front, I lead from the middle and I also lead from the back. That to me is, is where the power of leadership and coaching and mentorship comes from all, all angles, not from I'm on a pedestal, right? But I'm on the same level as you. I can see the greatness that you can't see. That's why we hire coaches. And I always tell my clients, you hire me so I can, because I can see your vision so much more clearly than you can. Mm-hmm. And I can see you making it happen with much more ease and peace than you can. Right. So I want to get you to that same place. If we're both looking, if we can both see your vision that clearly and see that you're capable of making it happen, that's co-creation. That's us both working together to make it happen. You don't need me as a coach, right? You bring me on so we can co-create and get you there in a way that's more powerful to you faster, usually, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, So for me, coaches and perspectives, and mentors. And sometimes mentors is somebody on the street. You know, when I was 19 years old, I was at a Buddhist meditation retreat and somebody changed my life there. And it wasn't the guy leading it. It was somebody in the audience. I was very young and you know, there, everybody in the room was 50 or 60. And we went around and we introduced ourselves. And I said, you know, my piece on why I'm there. And the guy in front of me, he turned around and he said, he just held space for a moment. He looked at me dead in the eye and he said, he like exhaled. He said, son, the things that I would trade in to have started this journey at your age. And that person, that guy who I don't know his name, never saw him again. He changed my life. He became a mentor because at that moment, mm-hmm. he gave me feedback. I didn't know what I was doing. That was my first foray into really anything growth wise besides like, you know, training my body. But it gave me a lesson. You're on the right path. And so to me, coaching has changed my life, but so has getting to a place of having a growth mindset where we can learn from anyone, right? On this podcast, you're going to learn from me on this podcast. I'm going to learn from you. And then we're blessed to be able to share with other people who are going to learn from both of us. And we could learn from them too, if they were participating. Mm. Yeah. It's an amazing moment when you realize that there's so many opportunities it's like, I think of mentors in my life and most of my mentors were people who just taught me to be a person. Yes. I had a, I had a job in college. I was working three jobs while I was going through school and I had a manager at a supplement store who told me that the most important thing you can do when you're selling something is, and I said, I don't know. He's like, listen, just listen to people and they'll, okay. you'll be able to help them. And it's like, you don't need to always be seeking everywhere. It's also seeking where you're at and also using the examples of what not, not to do yes. as a great mentor too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Were there any other particular mentors that pushed you in any specific way when you were growing on this personal path, like that stand out or was it like one specific mentor that you had or one coach or, or one moment that you felt like really aligned you? Yeah, absolutely. I had, well, I have, 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 or had still around a mentor. His name is Dr. John Martini, And, um, he opened the lid of possibility on, on what I thought I was not only deserving, but capable, worthy of, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, we have these moments in life where we're operating in this box and we, everything fits neatly into the, the box. And then we have an experience or we meet a mentor like this, this was, and the box is just ripped wide open. The box is set on fire and anything is possible. And, and that's what he did for me. And, um, you know, I've, I've done, you know, I've worked with him personally. I've done almost all of his programs. And, uh, when I really wanted to, make change in life. I have this phrase and it's very obvious. And it says, when you're looking to create radical change, you have to radically change. And I know it sounds mm-hmm. simple, but I think a lot of us, including myself in the past, and when I say people and, and, and a lot of us and stuff like that, I always talk about myself too. Um, we, we want radical change, but 
if we look at our behaviors, nothing is, we're, we're barely moving the needle. And I, I think there's times for massive change. And I think there's times for incremental growth as well. And, and in between. Um, but with the Demartini, I said, you know what? I really have to change something. I remember I was moving and I remember seeing the TV on the ground, the television on the ground. And just that visceral of looking at the ground and seeing the TV down there, I asked the question, is that serving me? And the answer was no. At the time, I was spending 10 hours a week watching football, seven hours a week watching movies. I mean, the usual stuff, right? But I said, my life's not where I want to be. I'm investing God knows how much time into that thing. And I threw it away. I didn't, I didn't bring it to the next apartment. And instead... I listened to the same audio tape 476 nights in a row. I read more books than year than I had read in my whole life. Um, and that was just an example of having a moment of clarity and then acting on it immediately. Because I know if I put that TV on the wall, I can commit. I can say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to audio and books. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, um, yeah, to answer your question, so many moments of, of mentors you know, shifting my possibility. And then me, you know, because if we connect with material, it means it's, it's tapping a string inside of us that we already have of wisdom. Um, so it's, it's, it's receiving it externally, but then taking that and actually putting it into action, making bold decisions from that to make sure that we honor that wisdom, because that's, that's, what's going to move the needle. I love that. I got a question from the audience that I think is going to benefit so many people, but it's really about regaining momentum. So what advice or what process would you walk someone through if they used to be this A player, they were really crushing it and they were just in this zone of greatness and then something happened and they kind of took a step down. What advice would you give that person to move back into a position where they were able to create that momentum again? Absolutely. So number one, I would remind them that they've already had it. So I, I, it's like, it's so obvious, but it's often we, we, we focus on the fact that we don't have it anymore. And I would shift the focus. You've had it means you can get it back. You've experienced it. That would be number one. Number two, um, most transformation is, uh, is not about adding more stuff. It's about deleting stuff. Uh, and often it's about deleting mindsets, stories, narratives, beliefs that don't serve us or stuff from the past. So uh, I would encourage them that the thing that's keeping them from momentum is usually something from the past that's no longer serving or something from the present that's no longer serving. So allowing ourselves to let that go, that becomes like the weight off the shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. Because so many of us are walking around with these, these weight vests on us and the weight vests include Moments where we fell on our face, failures, um, you know, hardship, uh, divorces, breakups, whatever we want to call it. So we got we to gotta get rid of that. We got to get rid of that. I do a whole thing. It's called the no mistake protocol. We look at your life and we look at all of the things that you consider mistakes. And I ask a set of questions. Did you do the best with what you had at the time? And it goes, goes through this whole thing. And we get to a place where it's like, none of those were mistakes. We did the absolute best in the moment that we could. And sometimes that's operating out of fear. That's operating out of scarcity. And we made decisions that we're not proud of, but they're not mistakes because they got us right here. And once we remove that, then we, then we have this sense of like, okay, I feel, I feel back in the game. And then that's when we take some of the stuff that we've already said, you know, creating clarity and moving forward. Now, I, I want to make sure that it's like, and, and uh, you know, you, you follow those steps, you can do that, but also just remember momentum is created. You don't have to wait for it. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to grant you it. It's created every single day. So on a more practical level, cause I know that's more like dealing with the past and, and, and emotional, um, you know, you start your day, the way that you start your day, you're either going to create momentum or you're not. And so if you can start your day, and for me, it's obviously a morning routine, working on myself on airplane mode, not answering distractions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, working on my craft, which is uh, writing and other stuff. If I start my day on my terms, I create momentum. So if you're out there and you're stuck, let me ask you a question. When was the last time that you actually started the day on your terms? And if you haven't done that for a while, tomorrow, take the first 20 minutes of the day. We're going to keep it really simple. 
20 minutes of the day. It's you time. You got a date with yourself. And what you do is up to you during that time. We can have some recommendations on here. But if you just start with that for the next two weeks, I guarantee you're going to have a, at least more momentum than you have today. And that, that's going to that's gonna, you know, snowball into other areas of your life. Hmm. And I would add to that, it's a reward, not a punishment. Absolutely. Because so many times I'll be like, you know, this is going to help you align. You're not going to feel as anxious in the morning especially when you're creating the momentum in your life and you're oh, going to wake up 20 minutes early and I got to stress about this. And well, it means I got to go to bed on time. And there's this whole narrative of problems that comes from a single decision to wake up 20 minutes early and meditate or journal. And the flip side of that is what would happen if you saw it as something relaxing and peaceful, right? Is that kind of in line with what, what you absolutely. Yeah. And it all, it all goes back down to intention. You know, when I was in a, in a phase of my life where I was stuck and unfulfilled, you know, like if you told me like, you know, journaling is a powerful practice to change your life. Well, if I go, if I, if my intention, if I'm feeling like in a low energy state and I go in with a poor intention, meaning that there's like no real intention behind it, well, I'm going to go journal. I'm going to do it for three days. And the next time I'm going to say that stuff doesn't work. Brian and Tommy, I don't know what you guys are talking about. We have to go in with the proper intention. Otherwise, what's the point? It's the same thing with meditation. It's like, if you go into a meditation and you're stressed and you're complaining, well, what's going to happen? It's, it's not going to have the benefit that it could. You know, when I, when I teach people go in meditation, I say, and it's always, I don't have enough time to meditate time. I don't have enough time. Okay, one, that's a disempowering story. Two, that's time scarcity, which is just as bad as financial scarcity. Scarcity. Mm. Three, meditation actually creates time because mm. I don't want to go all quantum physics here, but time is an illusion, right? And so when you go in meditation and let's just say you invest 10 minutes of your time in meditation, to me, I'm getting 20 or 30 minutes back of peace, of clarity, of all of the stuff that comes with it when I do it with intention. So just a, just a tip for anybody out there, you know, if you commit to a practice, be willing to put your intention behind it because your level of intention will determine your level of benefit. What are one or two questions that would be practical to lead into a meditation or a journaling session? Yeah. Yeah. It would be, what is one thing I'm holding on to? that I'm going to choose to let go. Love that. Yeah. And what is one, one thing that I can forgive myself or someone else about? So those two <laughs> carry a lot of weight. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of talk about forgiving yourself, forgiving others. We got to do this. To me, we get, this is a daily practice. It's not like, you know, one day I'm just going to forgive everyone. No, it's like every day we find ways to beat ourselves up or hold grudges or negative energy around other people. And the problem is that's doing us a disservice too. So not only is it bad that we're sending out that energy, but that's also blocking us. So those would be two questions. And then you go into your meditation and you, 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 you just release and you allow those to dissipate. And, and that's when you see a lot of power. Hmm, I love that. That's extremely powerful. And that's, that's also something that's different too. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of perspective on those different pieces, but to lead with forgiveness rather than yes. leading with clarity, I think op- opens up the, the door for you to actually step into that position without. Yeah. And let's shame. be very practical. Like if you and I and somebody listening, like if you go back to a moment where you're experiencing a lot of resentment towards someone else, or you were holding a big grudge, let me just like go to that place mentally. We've all been there. Were you open in that moment? Were you creative? Did you see the world out of possibility or out of lack? Were you in an abundant state? And usually the answers to those are no, 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 no. So if that's the way that we're operating our lives, well, of course, there's, we're going to see the world with scarcity. Of course, we're not going to believe we're capable. Of course, we're going to see, you know, uh, everything is a zero sum game. And so, you know, I love that you said that because really the precursor to clarity is more about you know, stuff like forgiveness and letting go and letting go of our past and forgiving ourselves and, you know, all of that stuff. And when we do that, we just, a weight comes off our shoulders. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's powerful. 
one question I had to a lot of times consuming your content, very specific on the words you use. And I think that that plays a huge role in, in our lives and the quality of our lives. So if someone's listening, what are three words or a few words, it doesn't have to necessarily be three, but what are some words that you would suggest that we remove from our <laughs> vocabulary in order to push us further? Well, words are, are code, a friend of mine says, and they're code for our deeply held beliefs. So I can talk to someone for five minutes, actually less, I can talk to someone for two minutes and I can immediately make a pretty accurate a pretty accurate assumption, and yes, it's still an assumption, about what their deeply held beliefs are. So actually in my programs, we have rules that we just don't allow um, disempowering language. And it's cool because like I have a, a mastermind group and if they catch me doing it, I the whole the whole thing is you're better call me out too. Like this is this is this is the, the agreement that we're in. But you know, words like so I'm I'm very clarity with language is crucial because if we don't have clarity with language externally, so language is a, is a creative declaration, right? If externally we don't have clarity, then internally we definitely don't have clarity, mm. but furthermore, lack of clarity is what creates assumptions in relationships. It's what creates uh, resentment in relationships, right? Like we've all experienced this in a relationship. So it becomes very important, but it also happens with ourselves. So words that we would eradicate would be things like maybe things like we'll see things. I'm going to try to do this. No, mm -hmm. there's no try. You're either going to do it and it's going to be a clear yes, or it's going to be a no. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all, all of those types of words that are very half-hearted because they give, a, they give us, a, we're basically giving ourselves an out. We're going to let ourselves off. Look, I'm going to try to get in shape, Brian. I'm really going to try, right? And so there's no commitment there because, hey, I said I was just going to try. Yeah. Or I can say, Brian, I am going to get in shape. I am mm. going to commit to get in shape, right? And so test this out for the next 24 hours. And you can start with something really simple. Let's, let's get rid of the, the land of in-between. So either say yes or say no for the next 24 hours, but get rid of maybes, we'll sees, I'm going to figure it out. I got to look into it. Uh, this, I, I catch my clients all the time. You know, I had just had a client who signed up for a Spartan race. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we were talking about it. He says, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to look into it. And I said, okay, let's, let's reevaluate that. What does that mean? He's like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I just got to see, you know, I got to see. And it, it, we kept going. And then finally he's like, okay, I'm signing up and I'm doing it today. Mm -hmm. That wasn't up. I said, by when? 4 p.m. And he did it. He just did it two weeks ago. And he had, he had an incredible experience with his wife where they both did it together. And it, and all, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. But if, if I hadn't held him to a higher standard in his language, it just would have been one of those things like, yeah, I'm going to look into it. And of course, the things that we look into, the things that we try to do, the maybes, those just don't happen. Mm, I love that. Those are really powerful words to lead with and, and remove. Yes. One, one of the questions I had, and I want to talk about the book, you know, this is your third book, I believe, or am I, am I third, wrong? Yes. yes. Third book. So what was the greatest maybe clarity that you got when you were writing it? And what is the gift that you're really excited to give people who are going to pick it up? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did a lot of research around regret for this one. Um, and I mentioned a little, a couple things earlier, but I spoke to some of the best people in the country who study regret for a living basically. And um, like I said earlier, I found that our regret can either be debilitating and lead to anxiety, depression, and hopelessness, mm. or it can be very hopeful and lead to making new decisions in the future. It's all on how we deal with it. So if we, if we ruminate on our regret, we're going to lead down a negative path. And if we use our regret as leverage for the future, we're going to create a better life. Um, so that was one. Um, but also uh, another one was using regret as leverage. Uh, what I mean by that is um, we all, in, in positive psychology, we all hear about, hey, visualize your success, visualize your dreams. So this one is actually reverse visualization where we actually take ourselves five years down the line. I, I did this you know, uh, with my story earlier five, 10 years on the line. And we know something needs to change, but we haven't done it. So maybe that's our physicality. Maybe that's the same career that we've been in with 
you know, we're driving to work every day and it's really painful and we know it's not for us. Like take ourselves five years down the line, close our eyes and go through a day on what that feels like. It's five years later and you haven't done it. And it's not only just five years later, it's, it's worse because all that time has passed. And so that is a way for us to leverage future regret that hasn't happened, but it's on its way to make a bold decision today. Um, so those are some of the themes of the book. Risk was a big one. You know, we think we, we have this perception of risk that's been handed down to us um, by parents, teachers, society, et cetera, et cetera. And really the, one of the core themes of the book is simple is that the greatest risk is, is not taking one, you know, mm-hmm. like I love Joseph Campbell's quote, you know, if, if, if you can see every step of your path, it's, it's, it's not your path. And what he means by that is that, you know, we all have a unique path. Don't know what that looks like, but it's, it's unique to us. And the thing with our path is that it's, there's, there's jagged places in it. There might be some clouds at, at some point, some storms, but it's our path. And when we take our path, it leads to that paradise. When we take someone else's path, we can achieve everything and still feel empty. I was hanging out with a Super Bowl champion just last week. The trophy was literally sitting in his room. And this is the pinnacle of achievement for most people. I can't even relate to what it takes to do something like that. And a couple hours after the game, he was telling me how empty he felt. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, the path of achievement without fulfillment is very hollow. The path of fulfillment leads to incredible achievement, but it doesn't become our identity. And that's the game changer. And so the book is, is designed for somebody who's, who knows that they're not playing their life the way it's supposed to be. Maybe they're going down a path and it could be something small or something major, but I wanted to give people permission because honestly, this is the book that I actually, I wish I had this message when I was waiting longer than I had to, when I was thinking about contemplating it in a land of maybe I'm going to do it, you know, all of that stuff. And, and, and those are some of the core themes. Mm, that kind of ties into the whole feeling of going against the wall of resistance. It's, yes. you can feel it. There's, there's going to be regret there. There might have already been regret from the past and it's acting against that. That really pushed us in a powerful place. Absolutely. So one of the other questions I want to dive in before I like to do a lightning round of personality questions because that's a fun way to end, but I, I wanted to stay on the, this topic because I, I just think that it's such an important thing for people to get, especially when they look at your audience and, and what you've created. My question is, what does it mean to resist average? Ah, oh, love that. <laughs> so that's, I asked that question on my podcast. Um, so resist average is a mindset. Mm. It's a mindset that, you know, the truth is nobody wakes up and says, I want to be 65 pounds overweight and sluggish and having to have, be out of breath when I play with my kids. Nobody wakes up and says, you know, I want, to, I want to be seven years of my life driving to a place that doesn't inspire me with coworkers that just aren't part of my tribe. Nobody wakes up and says any of these things. Nobody says they want to wake up and feel purposeless or disconnected in relationship. The slide to mediocrity happens in the smallest of moments. It happens on the smallest of moments. And what happens is it compounds negatively. So today, you know, today I choose to hit the snooze button and, you know, have an unhealthy breakfast. Tomorrow, you know, I signed up for the fitness class, but I go to happy hour. Three years later, I'm 60 pounds overweight. So resist average understands that our minds are designed to keep us safe and they'll do anything to protect us, the status quo as to who we are today because of identity, right? And so knowing that, it takes us resisting average to overcome and take the resistance that's there, the resistance that we already have to grow and stepping into it with courage. And it's just a mindset that we know that deep down, we all know we're capable of so much more. Marianne Williamson, you know, our greatest fear is not that we fail. Our greatest fear is that we find, we discover the magnificence of who we are. And I'm totally butchering that quote, but you get what I mean. And, that, and that's what Resist Average is about. Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. I wanted to dive into a quick lightning round because there's so much value in just that 
conversation there that I want to almost like put a stamp on it and leave it alone because it's just amazing. (laughs) I I think that there's so many practical takeaways there for people to implement in their life that if they can just take one or two of those strategies, I think the the idea of meditation and removing the guilt or putting forgiveness into the space is so powerful. Love it. Implementing those are, are, are going to drastically shift the quality of life for people. But I, I did want to ask you a few more questions about yourself. And I think that these are these open up the gates to really a, a fun dialogue, but also introspective one. So my first question is, what is your superpower and what is your kryptonite? Um, is this professionally or just personally or whatever you want to take it with? It's all you. <laughs> yeah. So I would say my, my superpower is uh, holding space in conversation, right? So whether that's coaching or, or being here. And when I say holding space, it's just removing judgment and all the stuff that gets in the way. Um, my kryptonite, uh, the dance floor, man. I, so I, <laughs> Part of my family is Colombian, and uh, I just they didn't really pass that gene on to me. <laughs> so I'll still get in the game. It just I just won't be the smoothest. <laughs> when business is off the table, what is? I'm gonna re-ask that. When business is off the table, what are some hobbies or things that you do to create joy in your life? Yeah, man, I love it. Create joy, create joy, because it's just you create it. Um, Man, so many. Uh, mountain biking, such a passion. Hiking, being in nature, uh, going to the Red Rocks here in Sedona, travel, uh, exploring different cultures, immersing myself in uncomfortable circumstances and travel, saying yes to random things like improv or stand-up comedy or things that I know I'm not great at, but they just, they, you got to get present in. Um, all of those really just, just light me up, man. Live music on the live show, seeing the passion of, of somebody being on stage. I mean, stuff like that is just incredible. Mm, I love that. I'll have to dive into the stand-up comedy bits myself. (laughs) Have you, have you done improv? I haven't. I've always actually wanted to stand because I'm a former musician in in a slight sense. Like that was always something I was really passionate about and did, and I still play from time to time, but I was always kind of in the space to think that, you know, comedy would be a fun route to just go up and express something. Find a local improv and just go. It's so much fun, man. You just, you get so present and you feel so alive and it's, uh, it's really great. Mm, I love that. If you could relive one day of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's awesome. So many. Um, so last year I got, uh, we went, to, so I got engaged last year and uh, we just had this magical experience. We were in the, in the North coast of Spain in this really small town. Um, and that day was just magical for, for so many reasons. So that would be one that I'd relive over and over. Mm, love that. It's, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I, I hope it is. <laughs> that, that should be the intention and the goal. Love it. What is, one piece of advice you would give yourself 20 years from now? It would be don't take it so seriously. Enjoy the ride. It's the ride is meant to be enjoyed. Uh, Even if we're going, if you're going through a tough time, you can do it with a smile uh, because it's not that serious. And there's so much fun to be had along the way, even if you're not where you want to be. And that's me talking to myself. Um, enjoy that ride, man. Cause that, that's all we got. Love that. And before I ask my last question, when does the book come out? When can people get it? What are some projects you're passionate about and where can people learn more about you? Love it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, the book comes out on April 2nd. So depending on when this is released, um, it's available for pre-order right now. We got some awesome bonuses. So if this resonated at all, go check it out. Leapofyourlife.com or Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all those booksellers or your independent bookstore too. I always forget. Um, but that's the main thing. That's the main thing. I got some, some, you know, obviously if you like podcasts, uh, you're going to resonate with Resist Average Academy. Um, but, uh, those are the two places to find me. Yeah. Love it. And I'll make sure that you're queued up in the show notes too. If you guys want, you can take a quick look at the book on Amazon. I believe there's yeah. about 20 pages or so. Yeah. That you can dive into and test it. That's, 
I, I got a lot of value from it. So I would suggest you guys do the same thing. Awesome, man. Thank you. Absolutely. And last question is what's your one rule for life? Just one. <laughs> Just one. Woo. That's, that's a tough one. Every single day, find one way to step into your courage. Because when you do, you develop an incredible relationship with the unknown. You see fear as a compass, not as a roadblock. And you allow yourself to be who you already are. And I believe we're just here on this hero's journey, which is like we started out with endless possibility. And along the way, we lost that. And to me, my, my mission in life and to help others is to get back to that place because we can all get back there. I love that. That's incredibly powerful. Well, thank you so much, Tommy. I really appreciate you being on the show today. I really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate you shedding some of your light up to everyone who listens to this, myself included, and just pushing us in the right direction to become more. It means the world, man. You're doing great things just for you launching this podcast and, and holding the space here. It's a courage, overcoming fear, paralysis, analysis, all the stuff that holds people back from creating anything. So well done, my man. You're, you're a great shepherd for other people to follow and there's more to come. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in today to my journey. I hope this episode brought some value and light into your life. If you love this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and shout us out on your Instagram story so we can share this message with as many people as possible. And if you're ready to start your own journey, reach out to me at brianpickwist.com forward slash start. And until next time, thank you again. And remember, the journey starts with you. I'll see you guys.